David Adesoya here, your uncrowned 145-pound champion, here with Jake, the problem child, Paul. How are you, Jake? I'm good, man. Ready to fight. Excited. How's your training camp going down there in Puerto Rico? It's going perfect, dude. Like, every we switched everything up. I'm on point. Amazing workload. My weight's ready. Uh, sparring more. New coaches, new strength and conditioning coach, new nutritionist. So... Just feeling in the best shape of my life and excited to go in there and show the world uh, what I'm capable of when I have a great training camp. Five months removed from the Tommy Fury fight, when was the last time you rewatched the fight and how do you feel about the whole saga now that it's uh, concluded for now? Um, I've never, I haven't rewatched the fight ever. Um, Why is that? That's, that's surprising. Because I know. I performed like shit. And so I'm basically just going to be watching like a terrible version of myself that I know is not what I was capable of. And there's really no need to watch it. Like, what am I going to take away, you know, from having a terrible performance, a terrible camp, everything went wrong in the lead up. Um, It would almost do more damage, I think, to watch it than than it would good. Was there still like anything you or your coaching staff um, thought that they could learn still from that fight? There was so much to learn. So, so, so much to learn. Um, But most of it had to do with the, with the lead up, the preparation. And the fight is a direct byproduct of the training and um, just learned a lot about myself a lot about not being able to take shortcuts in this sport you know we tried to do this like six and a half week camp was sick for about three to four weeks of that so it really was like this like two to three week camp cutting too much weight too quickly in saunas and steam rooms and shit to shed off weight which kind of shocked my body like just the list goes on and on and on and i've learned more from a loss than uh, than I have with all of my wins combined. I'm not saying those things as excuses. Some people are like, oh, you're making excuses. Like, no, no, I lost. I chose to do these things and I signed myself up for a fight that I personally wasn't prepared for and that I have to deal with those consequences and no one else does. Um, but learned a lot and made a lot of changes in this camp, which is why I believe this is my best camp ever. I guess you're still new in the game and let's say you've only been a professional athlete for about three years. As you complete each training camp, uh, including the fight at the end, what are some more of the most important things that you're learning as you guys, you know, complete that process? I think your energy and your mental state going into a fight is probably the most important and the confidence in actual preparation and your mind knows that you didn't do all the necessary things to prepare. And deep down that creates a sense of doubt and that doubt can multiply like crazy and can eat you alive. And that's what happened to me. And so the biggest thing is having just like this positive energy. And I think being in a good place in life which I wasn't going to the Tommy Fury camp. Um, so not trying to 
per- persevere through that and thinking I'm some sort of superhuman that can just like defy all things going wrong and still like win these fights. There's no shortcuts and there's a reason why it's the hardest sport in the world. When you talk about that doubt eating you alive, um, what parts of your mental does it attack? Is it your confidence? Because you don't think, you know, you've dotted all the I's, crossed all the T's, and does it start to, you know, talk? Yeah, exactly. It's it's the confidence. And, and the confidence in, uh, in your physicality as well. So I don't know if I can give a solid eight rounds here. Like, I don't know if I can keep – up this pace um and it trickles down even into your sparring like i wasn't having good sparring and i think deep down i knew that and it just grew this like monster and it grew this like seed in my mind of this like negative doubt and i thought i could overcome that uh and just show up and perform on the night but it's those like all those little things that add up and you start losing the rounds by this much because it's like this trickle effect. Uh, just a couple more questions about your career so far. What have been some of your favorite parts of the, of the journey in the last three years? Yeah, I think the thing that stands out the most is promoting Amanda Serrano versus Katie Taylor and just like being in Madison Square Garden and like not being able to hear your own voice because that was like the loudest stadium I'd ever been in. Um, and seeing Amanda Serrano get the paydays that she deserves and then winning knockout of the year, the, the knocking out Tyron Woodley and just having like an amazing time celebrating my run up until that point. Those two things probably stand out the most. Yeah, those are all uh, great moments. Yeah, you said you've made some changes in your team and you fired people and you brought new people in. When did you know that was a right move to make? Like, when did you know you had to cut some people off and they weren't doing doing the job of what you expected or you weren't seeing results? How did that process uh, play out? Yeah, I think uh, it took like a couple of weeks to let everything like sink in and to assess what had happened and to hear different people speak upon it that are close to the team to make decisions on that. And just the actions of like certain people in uh, post fight and how they responded to it, you know, um, was that the classic, like, you know, when you win everyone's all, yeah, you're the man, like, you know, everyone's around you. And then when it goes South people that were, you know, yeah, they just disappear. Like, don't say anything. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But, you know, no harm, no foul. That's, that's, I, I don't hate them or anything for these things. It, you know, it's, it, it's whatever, you know, it's, it's water under the bridge. Um, but I then have to make decisions based off of their actions. So um, that's what I did and just started exploring new options, tested out a couple different coaches. And uh, then just made a decision with what felt best for my career. When it comes to your matchmaking and picking your opponents, are you sort of in a pickle? Like, do you have to fight, let's say, other YouTubers or older fighters that are, like, retiring from MMA and coming into boxing? Do you think a fight with just a normal, you know, professional boxer with four to six fights 
no famous brother, no clout, so to speak, would still be a viable option as like an opponent moving forward? Yeah, look, I mean, it it is tough to find opponents, but thus far there's been a ton a ton of them so there's been a lot of people that do in fact fit the criteria and there's still so many big fights out there for me uh so i think it'll become tougher down the line uh but then again like who knows uh i want to fight people with big names i want to fight people in their prime you know nate diaz is coming off of a massive win in the ufc um He's got a ton of momentum and he's still he's still fresh. So to me it makes a ton of sense to to fight a legend like him. You know, I went and fought Tommy Fury. The plan always was to fight Nate Diaz after Tommy Fury. Uh still gonna go back and do the Tommy Fury rematch. But again, I just continue to challenge myself with each fight, you know, moving up to ten rounds in this fight, you know, going up against a professional boxer. At first, I beat a YouTuber. Then it was going up against a professional athlete, Nate Robinson. So I've just grown my level of opposition as I've gotten more confident in my abilities. Um, but to me, all of these fights going into them are pretty much unknown. Like they've all been challenges that I don't know for sure if I can overcome them. I'm I'm confident. Yes, I do all the work I can. Yes. Um, but there's nothing set in stone with any of these guys. What's the worst your anxiety and like, not fear, I'll tell you anxiety and like anxiousness has gotten before a fight? Because, you know, you've only been doing this for a few years. You're not as, you're fighting some fighters that have been fighting over a decade, two decades. How yeah. bad has it gotten? I think uh, leading into the first Tyron Woodley fight, it was really bad. Like, I hadn't done eight rounds the the max i had been was two rounds with nate robinson so i didn't even know what it was like to be in a professional fight past two rounds i didn't even know if i had the cardio to do it and all of these things so there was a ton of nerves around that because i knew he had knockout power and is a dog so that was probably the most anxious i got and then once i got through eight rounds with him i think i felt like i belonged in there and how do you overcome that? Because, yeah, like I said, like, you know, some of these things are still new to you. What process do you take your mind through to be like, you know, you know, calm down. We have to fight. We'll get through this. Yeah. Positive, positive affirmations, meditation, realizing that these fears are only existing because you're creating them. Your own mind is creating the fear. And so you have to expel it and get back in control and overtake your own mind. Um, and to realize that having a little bit of that fear is good, but having too much of it is bad. And so getting it to the perfect level that you want it at and not letting your like emotions and crazy thoughts get the best of you. Easy, easy way easier said than done. But if you practice meditation and breath work, uh, these are some of the things that I do all the time. And that really, really helps. Yeah. That's uh, similar to what Izzy does with uh, his uh, breathwork coach and the, they do the pool work and teach uh, the body how to calm the central nervous system and stuff like that. Interesting stuff. 
yeah, the Diaz brothers are known for their patented style of boxing. Uh, no one really fights like them. Who have you brought into your camp to give you the correct looks during sparring and to try and sort of imitate Nate the best that someone can? Yeah, we have the best imitator of Nate in the world. Uh, it's this, it's this uh, guy named Saul. He's an awesome guy. He's been super helpful in this camp. Shout out to Saul. And uh, Masvidal used him to prepare for Nate Diaz. And so Masvidal hit me up and was like, yo, I have the perfect guy to help you train. And when I started sparring him, I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is Nate Diaz. <laughs> um, so he's giving me an amazing look. And Dustin Poirier was using him uh, to get ready for Nate. Obviously, that fight fell out. And then Masvidal used him to get ready for Nate. So I feel like I've literally been sparring Nate in the lead up to this fight. You talked about how much um, hunger and vengeance that you had in you after your first loss. How have you used that and how disciplined have you been during this training camp coming off your first loss? Uh, man, insanely disciplined, like on a whole nother level that I didn't even think was possible. But I've been in the gym every single day since the day after the Tommy Fury fight. I got off the flight and immediately started jogging and training and haven't stopped since then. And when, and losing like probably one of the worst feelings in the world. And whenever now I am tired or like don't want to like practice or my body's just like not responding, I instantly think of the feeling of losing. And it's like, shut the fuck up. Nobody cares. Get the fuck over it you got to turn it up right fucking now because we're never losing again. And having that as a motivation is like nothing else. Um, so I, I thank Tommy for beating me because it's changed my life for the better and it's really reset me back onto this path that I was probably supposed to be on before a loss. Nate is known for being extremely hard to put away even if you're able to land on them, you know, consistently. How much emphasis have you guys put on your cardio so that you guessing out is not a possibility in the fight? Because we've seen, you know, Nate's fights, people land on him, sometimes they get complacent or they get tired, and then he has a resurgence because his cardio goes on for so long and then, you know, he comes back. How important has your conditioning been? Super important and one of the main focuses of the camp and my new strength and conditioning coach has made all the difference in the world and my motor is on a whole nother level. I'm getting second wins, third wins. My runs are faster than they've ever been. My punch output is higher than it's ever been. And when I'm hurting my opponents and sparring, I'm unleashing on them, hurting them you know, getting my own coaches like stop it. And then a new guy comes in and then I do four or five more rounds with them. Um, I've unlocked a new level that I didn't even know I was capable of. And what that does in terms of your confidence is unparalleled. Um, and that's why I know and 
fully believe in me being able to stop Nate Diaz for this fight. Was booking the fight in Texas a strategic move because marijuana is not legal there, or was that just by chance? No, it was by chance. Um, just the date availabilities and the pay-per-view openings and uh, other events going on, uh, and then Texas approving the fight. So a lot that those were kind of the main points going into it. Things have been pretty calm so far in this fight build-up. What type of energy are you expecting during fight week from uh, the Diaz army? I think it's time to turn it up a notch. I think I think both sides are are ready for that. So hopefully we get some exciting. Yes, (laughs) yes. Hopefully we get some water bottle throws. I'm ready for it, man. I'm. I, I signed up for this fight because I love entertaining buildups and we haven't gotten much from their side. So hopefully, hopefully they bring some smoke on fight week. Nice. Just a couple more um, off the cuff questions. Have you ever run into Dana in person? I have not. Any close encounters not. that, you know, you, you guys in the same hotel, same casino? I don't believe so. Not that I know of. I don't really spend a lot of time in Vegas, which I think is where he mostly is. So um, we haven't run into each other. What's your relationship like with Francis Ngannou? Man, it's it's a good one. Like very supportive of each other. And I want like the absolute best for him. I I think he's the baddest man on the planet. want to see him get massive paydays, want to support him however I can. And I think he's just like a great guy with a great story. Um, and he deserves the world. So um, a fan of his, a supporter of his, and a friend of his. Nice. Thank you so much, Jake. Uh, appreciate the time. Uh, wish you all the best in the final stage of your preparations. And yeah. Go get him. Thank you, man. I I appreciate you. I'm going to knock him out.